Hey friend, do I have an episode for you today? Now, if you've ever been in the situation where you're working really hard towards a health and fitness goal, but things aren't quite going the way that you want, or you've plateaued in your weight loss journey, so many times when I'm working with my one-to-one clients, when we dig a little bit deeper, actually it's not about the food that they're eating. It can often be the alcohol that they are drinking. And I know that it isn't as easy as just me turning around and saying, well, you need to stop drinking. Because for many of us, and myself included, alcohol is an idol or it's a coping mechanism for all the stresses and strains that come with being a busy mum and trying to juggle a business at the same time. And that is why I've brought Michelle on the podcast today. The lovely Michelle is a certified mindset and alcohol-free coach and the host of the Set Free Sisterhood podcast. She helps women ditch the wine witch, get control back and thrive alcohol-free. She teaches them to remove alcohol, renew their mindset and rebuild a life of fulfillment. Now, Michelle has overcome self-doubt, self-sabotage, broken promises, daily drinking, and that feeling of being stuck in reaction mode for almost a decade. She now helps women to learn to master their mindset, control their choices, set well-needed boundaries, and create meaningful relationships with others. She helps them to break free from self-loathing and learn to love themselves. She helps them to see their value their strength and their true identity. I know you are going to love listening to Michelle and make sure you go and check out her podcast and all of the links that we talk about at the end of the episode are in the show notes. Welcome to the Productive Mom podcast. I'm SJ, mom, former teacher, cycling fanatic, fitness coach, life coach, nutrition coach and lover of Jesus. I am here to encourage and empower Christian women to live their healthiest and most productive life. Mama, raise your hand if you are fed up with having no time to work out and get healthy. You're frustrated with what to eat and how to find a plan that you can actually stick with and you drink too much coffee because you're tired by 3pm every single day. If you're ready to reclaim your energy, your time and show the world and your daughter that getting healthy and feeling great doesn't have to come at the expense of time, frustration or overwhelm and that empowered living starts with making the right choices every single day and that you are not defined by a dress size or a number on the scale, then this is the podcast for you. Grab that superfood smoothie and let's dive in. Hi Michelle, thank you so much for joining us. I'm really excited to be chatting with you. Uh, We connected through this wonderful world of podcasting that it is and a mutual coach as well. And I remember listening to you on her podcast. I thought, oh my gosh, we definitely need to have you on, have a chat with you, get to know you um, and a bit about what you do and your story. So before we kind of dig into like this, the real juicy stuff, let's get to know you a little bit. So where share a bit about where you are in the world and maybe about your family. And then something that you love to do that isn't about being a mom or running a business, because we get so caught up in that and we forget about actually who we are. So I love to get to know my guests a little bit better. 
Awesome. Yes. Thank you for having me. And yeah, I remember hearing you on a, um, our friend Stephanie Gass's podcast and I was like, oh, I got to get to know this girl. She's so cool. I love your mission and your podcast. And it's interesting. I'm from South Carolina. I'm sure your listeners will be able to tell there's a little Southern accent there. Something funny about me too, is I used to really be judgy about my accent when I was younger. I, was, I always thought it sounded stupid. And it's funny when God called me into podcasting, I was like, um, really? First of all, what am I going to talk about? And do I really have a voice for that? And it's funny because some of the biggest compliments I get is that. So obviously he had a plan for that. It is beautiful here in South Carolina. We've had some cooler days, but it's been gorgeous too. I love living here. I've been here my entire life. Yes, I am a mom and um, been a hairdresser uh, for 17 years and then into coaching now. I think I can relate to your audience because I love all kinds of workouts. Like I love being outside and hiking. I love boot camp. I actually, for a season in my life, taught boot camp at a local YMCA. And the biggest thing is I love variety. If you ask me, I do not like the same thing over and over. I never have enjoyed running. So if you're like, hey, let's go try this class or that class. We have a new place opening up that's spin, yoga, and strength. And I've already signed up because I just like the fun of trying new things. <laughs> oh, I love that. Absolutely. And it's really nice that, um, you know, fitness is a is important to you. I love the variety, like you said, although it's a bit colder here at the moment. And the latest thing at my gym is this thing called Battle Box, which is like this outdoor workout with ropes and like climbing up ropes and all sorts of things. And I'm just like, no, <laughs> it's like freezing cold here at the moment. I am yeah. not up for that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan of the cold. So yes, that does definitely change things in the winter time. Yeah, definitely. I pay to go to the gym to be in the warm. Yeah. Like, I, I could go outside if I wanted to. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I'm really, really blessed that you're here chatting with us today. And thank you so much for your time. Um, I'd really love for you to share a bit about your story from where you started, you know, obviously talking about what you do as well um, and how you got to where you are now. The, you know, we're here to talk about drinking, so we'll go ahead and rip the bandaid off. <laughs> and so I am a host of a Set Free Sisterhood podcast. What I always say is if you would have told me five years ago that I would be here having a podcast, I'm almost at 150 episodes now, like meeting awesome people all over the world like you, having these conversations about alcohol and how it can really come into our lives as an idol. I would have been like, um, no, you're, you must be, you must be um, thinking of a different Michelle, but it's cool how, when we truly surrender and we just start taking action, how, if we allow God to line us up, he'll do it. And that was my story. I mean, I grew up in a, a faithful home, things like that. I had a great overall childhood, had a little bit of rebel inside. So through the years I dabbled in trying things and experimenting and then got married in my late 20s and alcohol was kind of part of the undercurrent throughout my um, young adult life and there would be times where I would notice that even for me it was a little different than others like wine clubs and things like that like I didn't want to stop I wasn't there just to taste it I thought wow you know why stop there's still more wine to drink like why would we cap it up and put it up right <laughs> but what I found was 
I didn't ever really question back then if there was like a problem or if there was something about that relationship that was off because I could cut it off when I needed to. I was in my twenties and that's just what you do in your twenties. You know, we think that. And then later on got married, had kids, didn't drink throughout that. And then after my second kid, I just began to do more wine clubs, book clubs, started drinking a little bit more on the weekends. And what I noticed was I would allow it just to kind of slip in. And then the next thing I knew, literally, it wasn't something that, and for anyone listening, it's not something that you really strategize and plan out. Like, yes, I'm going to become a daily drinker for years. You kind of look up and you're like, wow, I'm drinking a lot and I'm drinking more and more every day. And then you realize... I'm really just not happy with my life and I feel stuck and, but this is weird because this is what everybody else does. And then you begin to realize that this could be bigger than you expected. And for me, it was more of an idol that it became in my life. I mean, I think it's easy to kind of like relate to that 20s period, like in your 20s. And I, I remember when I was listening to you on staff show, I, I sent you a voice note, didn't I? And I was just like, oh my gosh, like I really noticed And I thought back to my 20s and how when I was teaching, it was very much like alcohol was my way of coping with the stress that I was under. And, you know, whether it is alcohol or I mean, you know, we're on a health and fitness podcast as well, like food can be an idol as well. Did you kind of reach to a point where you were like, right, okay, I really recognize that this is an idol for me? Yeah, I think what happens first is it's just it became super important. Even with, um, I mentioned this before we started, I think that your listeners can definitely relate where fitness was a big part of my life. And then I would begin to negotiate, you know, I would literally be driving to the gym after work, feeling stressed out, knowing that I really desired to work out. But then there was this whole inner mind talk and this negotiation, but you can miss today. Why don't you go on home? You can have some wine. Your kids don't have to be anywhere tonight. And it wasn't like I was drinking and driving or, you know, this becoming an issue. It's just, it just was, it kind of just became the most important. And I'm going to tell you, to be honest with you, like I recognized that and didn't really do anything about it until probably two years later. I just stayed in it because it just, you know, the thing about wine is it works. The thing about food is it works. We have a stressor. There's a trigger. Our response is to grab something that it creates a coping mechanism and it works. It continues working until we kind of get on the other side of where the fact that we're in a little bit more of that, our own version of a bottom, or it's miserable enough to go, wait a minute, there's got to be something better than this. Mine was just kind of a really bathtub moment is what I say. I was in my bathtub. It was late at night, had some glasses of wine and I just was, I was just depressed and I wasn't happy with my life. There was conflict in my marriage, conflict with my um, tween at the time. And I was just praying and I was like, Lord, I don't, I don't like my life. And I, I felt this sense of like, if I continued just to continue drinking regularly, I was going through the motions and going to work and and exercising some and being the mom and doing all the things. So on the outside, everything looked super normal. It was my inner turmoil that was so painful for me. Like nobody else knew. It was all in my head and my mind drama. And the Lord just said, well, as clear as I could feel it in my spirit, I didn't hear his voice audibly, but he's like, well, you've been doing this on your own. It's time to surrender. And in that moment, I was like, uh, yeah, cause I typically have problems with control. 
<laughs> and I was, and I just, in that moment, I said, all right, I'm going to give this to you. Now you got to do something big. And it, that's, that's where it started. And then that became my path. And that was August 8th of 2018. Wow. I love that you remember like that's that's such a key pivotal moment for you and just going back to what you were saying about the fitness I mean how many of us have had that conversation with ourselves oh you know I don't have to do this today Um, I'll go home and I'll you know have a glass of wine or eat a bar of chocolate or something like that and kind of like talk ourselves out of sometimes the thing that's harder we're putting some kind of like I mean, you were talking about ripping off the band-aid earlier, but you're sort of papering over an issue for me. And it's really interesting when I was going through my 20s, the early part of my teaching career, and I was using alcohol to cope with the stress of teaching. And then I then found a different coping mechanism, which was exercise. And I like threw myself into exercise and I was like doing it all. And it was because of that, that I then stopped the drinking because I was really focused on the exercise. But obviously there's like this underlying issue that we're not addressing. So was that like the next step for you was addressing, you know, what it was that was making you feel unhappy? Yeah, absolutely. And it's a process for all of us. And and it's interesting you say that because that's very common for, you know, honestly, I don't usually use the words um, addiction or even dependence. I mean, we can have, for me, it was more mental dependence. The women that I support are the women that literally just, you know, probably some headaches, brain fog, you know, just kind of feeling yucky and lethargic a lot. But by no means are they chemically addicted. They are not an alcoholic. Honestly, that's the reason why women like us stay stuck so long because we know we don't want to identify that way. So we just keep it hidden. And it's not talked about that way in the church. It's not talked about that way culturally. Culturally, it's like, you know, wine on the lips, baby on the hips. And it's just not helpful. And so for me, it was realizing that for so long, I had stuffed emotions down and had not really shared how I feel, really um, understood like being heard, sharing my voice, learning how to even process emotions in a healthy way. Like I used to wear a badge of honor that I was like tough and disciplined. I'm an eight on the Enneagram, which is like the challenger, really super tough. And what happens is I'm also, we're also very tender and we're very vulnerable. And if we're taught or we have these patterns throughout our lives where we stuff it down or we use coping, then all those emotions get buried and they can cause, you know, these coping mechanisms and even more chronic health issues. So many people I know have been healed from having what they thought were health issues, which were really directly related to not healing and, and stress. So for me, it was just like, okay, now I got to uncover. And I'm still, I still work with a coach. Like I also feel like when you're, once you're in that process of growth and you begin to see these like moments of freedom and you develop, you realize like, this is what I've been missing my entire life. Growth is just very desirable. It is required of us. If we're believers, you know, that's the part of the growth and the journey of life and being more about the Lord and how he wants to live in our lives. And then sometimes growth is, it's not sunny and um, rosy. It's very painful, but it also creates freedom. And that's what I love to do in my own life and, you know, work with a coach like you and I'm sure you have people in your life too. 
And that's why we do what we do to help other women. So that was going to be my question was, did you go through this process on your own or you obviously did use a coach? Yes, I kind of always say I did a little zigging and zagging when you first remove it. And what I have created since is more of a, a bridge because I tried all the things. I did go to AA. I did try favor meetings. I went to several different therapists. I did Celebrate Recovery, which by far is my favorite one. If anyone has one, it's a great program. It's very Christ-centered. It helps with anything, really. Any kind of struggle that you're having. I always say if you're human, you can go to one of those meetings. They're awesome. I did a lot of reading, podcasts, all kinds of things. And I think what was what was unique about what I did was I just had this willingness to just go on this ferocious search to learn how, how did I get here? You know, how did I get to this place? Knowing my background, being in church, the woman that I am that is so disciplined. I remember one of the things that hit me really hard one time was like me and my husband were having a conversation. He's like, you're so disciplined about so many things and you can get things done. He's like, this one thing seems to just like have you like it controls you because I had, you know, expressed to him the struggle I was having. And so for me, I think my personal journey, doing all that research and collecting all the information then I have become, you know, on this side of things, created this process that I help women go through to help them sort of slough off all that, the extra stuff. They can, they can work on their growth, but I feel like I've come up with a, a program and a system to just help walk them through that. And it opens the door to that future growth. It's not just, you know, I don't want somebody just to not drink or to not eat sweets or to not eat gluten or to exercise every day. That's not helpful. What kind of interchange do they need to work on inside of their heart and their mind? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that is such a great approach, isn't it? I, you know, to think about is it's really um, and, you know, in the in the fitness world, people come to me and their main thing is like, I want to lose weight. But actually, when you dig into it, when you work with a coach, there's so much more, isn't there? Mm-hmm. There's There's so much more to dig into. And I think what I love about, you know, what, what you're doing is you're you've walked through this yourself and now you can hold people's hand and go through the process and you can be that coach and that's so powerful because unless you've been there unless you know what it's like it's like I would never train any of my clients to run a marathon because I've never run a marathon and I just think like I couldn't show you how to do that because I haven't done it but if you want to learn how to ride like 200 miles on a bike in a day I can show you how to do that because I've done that and I love you know what what you're doing now is so powerful because you you've walked through it and you can you can help and guide people through that process (laughs) yeah and what's so (laughs) helpful that I found that was huge for me and it is huge for the women that I get to to serve is there's so much power when you realize you're not alone because this is a very, it's just this very powerful, painful battle of guilt and shame. It can be like so embarrassing and humiliating, which is all judgment from the mind. All that is head talk. All that is, you know, uh, encouraged by the enemy. And so typically by the time women 
find my podcast or find me like, oh my gosh, you're saying the things that I'm thinking. And I'm like, I know, because I did the same thing. That's the whole point. And if it's just so refreshing to be able to go, oh, somebody said, you know, somebody felt that way too. I'm not the only one because this is just one of those things I feel like because the world sees and most everyone sees alcohol, either it's not a big deal and you sip it occasionally, you do it socially, or you're a full-blown alcoholic living in the streets. There's, it's hard, but the spectrum is so huge. So women stay hidden and they stay stuck. And so that's just a huge part of my, the reason why I'm speaking out and, and, and being so honest and vulnerable because I want them to realize they're not alone. And they're, trust me, there are hundreds and hundreds of other women that are just like you that are ready for freedom too. I love that. You're so brave and it, it is, it is brave, isn't it? To, to step out like that and to be vulnerable, but you know, everything that you're doing is, is very much with God at the forefront and his, you know, this is your calling. This is, you know, he's given you that, that strength to, to go out and to do this. And I know that there's probably maybe a lady or some ladies out there who are listening to this, who are perhaps resonating with your story. And they might be maybe having that question in their head of like, okay, am I drinking too much? How do I know whether I'm drinking too much? Is there anything, any, like anything you could speak to on that? If that's the question that's going in their mind. Absolutely. So uh, this is kind of funny, but this is what I always say is if you feel something in your body, is your heart racing? Does your stomach kind of hurt? Is your neck tensing up? Is there emotional response as you're listening to this podcast that you can relate to? Then that's your first sign (laughs) because women who do not struggle and this not a big deal, they aren't paying attention. You know, they may not even continue listening to the episode. (laughs) I don't know. You know, maybe they decided I don't need to listen to that one. It's okay. Um, That's one. The second is how much time do you really spend thinking about drinking? Do you think about it at work on your way home? Are you strategic about the grocery store when you go by and pick it up? You know, is it something that you, when you plan get togethers with friends or families, it's at the center, you know, really just focusing on that. And have you ever experienced the 3 a.m. wake up call? You waking up, your heart's racing. You're like, oh, I did it again. I said I wasn't going to drink that much tonight, but I did it again. And then you wake up just with that brain fog and you just feel like, okay, enough's enough. It's becoming a little bit too important. Those are some really key, key factors. And, you know, she knows who she is. I love what you said about people might not even be listening to this, you know, but that's so true, isn't it? And if, if people have switched off because they're like, okay, this isn't for me right now, well, that's great because it means that the people that are listening, there's probably a reason why they're still here. Yeah, listening to us absolutely and you were talking about it this um about drinking being like an idol as well I guess maybe because we're coming into the the Christmas season now there's a lot of alcohol is a is a big part of festivities and social occasions and there can be a lot of pressure as well you know people saying oh you know have a drink with this and let's have a glass of wine for this or whatever and is there anything that they could perhaps do to help them 
maybe navigate through this through this time and I find as I go through these these periods that there's and my my drinking not drinking choices because I can't cope with my four-year-old the next day with a hangover and I want to be able to get up and like go and ride my bike and my family are like come on have a glass of wine and I'm just like I it's just not you know it's my choice I don't want to do it in the same way as you know people try and encourage you to you know, have this desire or have this, there's a lot of pressure comes from other people. How do you navigate that? Oh, yeah, that's a big one. It's a big one. (laughs) Yeah. And I think there's different camps. So let's address what you mentioned first is you already know what you value and you know that in order to really parent well and do what is more important to you, alcohol is not a great idea. And that comes with growth. That is for the one, the lady who has already been working on this and realizes that if I drink or if I eat that, it will cause me to feel this way. And I'm going to choose to feel good. I want to wake up. I want to, and you know, enjoy my next day. That could be part of it. It's just, or she's already kind of realizing, oh, okay, I'm there for the one that is, has been kind of curious or it does feel like their pressure's coming. There's a couple of things you can do. For me, it's just really understanding that if you are truly looking for connection, then you cannot put alcohol with that. We think we're having more fun. We think it is relieving things, but actually, yes, you're numb, you're calm in the sense that it's a drug and it's doing what it's required to do of your brain, but connection cannot happen. It actually blocks that part of your brain where you truly can't connect with someone. And if that's really what you're looking forward to, which I you know, I'm hearing that's the case this year because so many people missed it last year. Like I really want to connect with my family members, you know, look at it that way. If this could just be a year of, especially since you're just hearing this of like exploration, like if this is just a pattern that you get in every year, you know, no need for guilt or some crazy strict routine. We know that those don't typically work and last. Why don't you just kind of just observe, raise your awareness, see what's going on around you. If you are triggered, which usually means something is stressful to you, you feel a sensation in your body, you begin to feel angry or restless. What happened? You know, what was said, what judgment did you make? Kind of just start to raise your awareness and really just set your vision for what do you want this overall holiday to look like? On the other side, we know December 26th will be here before we know it. So will January 2nd, happens every year. Who who are you? What do you want to say that you created during this? What kind of connections did you have? How do you feel? What kind of energy levels do you have? What are your visions for your family? And if it is something to where you get wrapped up in it, and that's okay too. But what I want you to understand is don't just go through the motions. That's probably my biggest advice. Whatever you do, don't just go through the motions and kind of just react. Raise your awareness. Pay attention to how you're feeling, what's going on. If you choose to drink, okay. Afterwards, just kind of assess. Assess how you feel assess your energy level. Do I remember the conversation last night? Was there anything that I did that I normally wouldn't do? And use this time wisely because we're almost here and the plans are made and a lot of people are really excited about it. And that's great. And that's the thing I want you to understand is by no means is you are not wrong if you choose to drink. What it is, what is difficult is if you come out on the other side and you're feeling guilty 
measurable and low energy. You get to choose what it is that you really want. So I hope that that's helpful because I'm sure there's different people listening. Yeah. And I know it's such a big topic and I was just like, yeah, can you just answer this? Like really yeah. <laughs> just, thing that resonated with me there is about not going through the motions yeah. and just, you know, and just being, just observing and just having that little bit more awareness. I really love what you said with that. So thank you. This is such a massive conversation and there is no way in a 20 minute 25 minute podcast episode we can even can barely scratch the surface and Michelle honestly thank you so much for blessing us on this episode today I really really appreciate your time and it's been such a a gift just just talking to you and I know that you've got something exciting happening in January so maybe you could share a bit about that and then if the ladies want to find you and connect with you and work with you where can they find you yes thank you I appreciate you having me on too I just uh, I really love when I get to come share this conversation because I know that there's so many women that hasn't found set free sisterhood yet which that's where they can find me um, podcast mostly I'm on in- Instagram at coach Michelle Porterfield but I think SJ and I share the the whole social thing where I'd rather just spend most of my time on podcasting or just in my Facebook group too and yes I have something coming in January I did it this year right before Thanksgiving it was super awesome and successful it's called the stop drinking boot camp and it is a group coaching program and what makes it super cool is yes stop drinking boot camp sounds really attractive and it's a big deal but here's what I found like really what my goal is for for my women who are in it are is to really not only just really even reduce their drinking I think it's scary sometimes when they think that they have to stop and that's a little intimidating so really that's all we're doing but we're doing that by learning to surrender really create a declaration we learn about creating new routines, a little bit more about the brain and how it's wired and really just understanding what's going on inside of our mind, inside of our body, the inner critic. We talk about how, where does God fit into all this? You know, these women of faith who are, you know, know that he's a part of their life, but really understand who they are and their identity. Cause we get super lost when we spend a lot of time drinking. So if anyone's interested in that, they can find out more um, coming to the podcast. Yeah, really excited to, um, if anyone is wanting to jump into that, I will put the links for that in the show notes. So I know what I'm like. I can never remember stuff. I always have to press a button and take me up. So thank you, Michelle. Thank you so much for your time. And honestly, as I always just, I'm so, I thank God every day for these wonderful connections that I get to make with women like yourself who, you know, have such a great gift to share with people. So thank you so much for your time again. Thank you. I loved it. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening. Hope you like it. Leave my mummy a review.